Howdy, Rob Lee here, and we're going to get back to the truth in this art. But I want to do a little exercise with you. As you know, the truth in this art is an audio experience. So I'm going to ask you to do something a little different this time and visualize with me. I'm thrilled to reintroduce you to Forged Eatery, a true gem that captures the essence of farm to table dining in Baltimore. At Foraged Eatery, they have mastered the art of sourcing local and seasonal ingredients, resulting in a menu that will leave you in awe. Their commitment to quality and to flavor is simply unmatched. Picture yourself, see as the visual, picture yourself uh, savoring their mushroom stew, a comforting and aromatic dish that transports you to a world of culinary bliss. The depths of flavor and the carefully selected ingredients will tantalize your taste buds. You can swap out and insert the focaccia, which is heavenly, or the irresistible cornmeal fried happy oysters. Each bite is a celebration of culinary mastery. Forged Eatery goes beyond being simply a restaurant. It's an immersive experience where the menu evolves with the seasons. Each visit promises a new and exciting experience for your taste buds, making every moment unforgettable. So, fellow food fans, fellow food lovers, it's time to discover the magic of Forged Eatery. Let their innovative approach to dining and their passion for locally sourced ingredients transport you to a world of culinary excellence. Don't miss out on an extraordinary dining experience. Plan your visit to Forge Eatery today and let your taste buds revel in the true flavors of the season. It's time to indulge in a gastronomic adventure that will leave you craving for more. For more information, visit ForgedEatery.com. And welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Uh, do continue to share, subscribe, like, all of that good stuff. And make sure you don't miss an episode of uh, this great podcast on arts and culture. Today, I have the privilege of being in conversation with a self-taught multimedia artist based in Baltimore, Maryland. He first began creating at the age of eight, deeply inspired by the vibrancy of the cartoons in his youth. His beginnings would later foreshadow his propensity for hypersaturation and contrast. Please welcome Niles Tatum. Welcome to the podcast. What's up? How are you? How are you today? I'm doing good. That's great to hear. I'm, gl- I'm glad we were able to make this and we can talk a little bit about your work and, you know, we'll, we'll get it in. So, you know, as, as I start, I gave that, uh, that copy and paste intro that describes a little bit about your work or what have you. But if you will, could you describe your work and walk us through your, um, your creative process? Well, my creative process is like different ways. Sometimes it's me looking at a movie or, you know, like recently, I, what was the movie? It was a Studio Ghibli movie, and I watched it so I could see the scenery of it. Mm-hmm. And I was watching the movie so I can improve my scenery and my art. So that's like a method to the madness, one of them. <laughs> the, other, the other method is usually when I go on long walks, mm-hmm. while I'm riding a bike, I look, I look around like, oh, you know, I, or even when I'm downtown Baltimore or I'm in a car with somebody, I might look at the street and I might see a kid like this, like yesterday I was in the Uber and I was looking outside my window on the way to work 
and I seen these kids like, like in a group, in a community, like just selling ice cream yeah. and like, and just in a booth and it was other kids there. And I was just, it was so inspiring. And I put it in my notebook and I it, like, usually I have a notebook full of my ideas that I want to create things. Yeah. So there is this influence from your surroundings. There's obviously a, a pop culture and leaning towards like animation uh, sort of influence in your work. You mentioned Studio Ghibli and in your bio, you're talking about some of the cartoons as well. Um, you know, so really what about color and the way that that movement kind of kind of pops for you? Because I'll say like, you know, we have a lot of gray buildings here and <laughs> those, those type of saturations kind of yeah. kind of counter that. And um, um, I enjoy I enjoy some of the, the cartoons as well. And I wanted to go into comics and things of that nature when I was younger. So I'm really interested in your take on that particular like juxtaposition. When I first came to Baltimore, like I was it was new to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started seeing like the art events and then I started going downtown and I started like talking to some people from Baltimore and started like understanding and even like at certain buildings that I know like have like the like the grades like I was in downtown and it was like a whole building for like grays and dark colors but then in the middle of it it was this yellow building and it was just like it was so beautiful to me because it was just like it's it's all these like bland colors or like regular like like you know colors and then it's just that one random orange or blue building that pops out and i always think that's amazing so just having that that kind of shift from what we normally encounter uh and and seeing the 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 different grades i mean there's only so many colors for bricks we have but (laughs) you have that that pop of color whether it's like someone's door like you'd see a lot of new properties, uh, new houses and all being built out in Baltimore. And if you're observing, which, you know, you kind of touched on earlier with, you know, you might be on a bike, you might be walking, you might be in an Uber. Uh, you're, you're seeing different things. I, I take a special notice to when someone has like a bland, like it's just regular bricks. And then you <laughs> see like that bright door. You're like, what are you about? What, what, what fun stuff do you do? So, uh, so with that, um, I want to hit you with this next question. Tell me about your sure. first art making experience. Actually, hold on. Let me back up. So you said you moved into Baltimore. Where are you from originally? I'm originally from PG, PG County. Oh, okay. Okay. I was about to say, uh, where are you from again, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm from PG County. I moved into Baltimore like, yes, yeah, a year now, a year ago. Okay. So DMV, DMV, we, we good. We yeah, are here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so tell me about your first, you know, art experience and you know, who was like the biggest supporter early on and how did they support you? It was, I was so obsessed with anime. And so my first art piece back then was really me copying. I didn't really like draw it on my own. So I would get like a piece of paper, and this is when I discovered like Dragon Ball Z, and I was so hyped, and I was just like, "Oh man!" Oh, so I went to coloring pages online because they didn't have official coloring books for Dragon Ball Z back then. Yeah, and so I would literally like, like I had this idea, and I was like, I could just like get a sheet of paper, put it on the computer monitor, copy it, and then boom, <laughs> nobody like nobody got to know, and it's mine. So. <laughs> 
I started doing that for like a minute. And then my mom came out to cut. <laughs> and my mom was like, it was weird because my mom, she supports me, mm-hmm. but she has like this hard, like this, this, it's not like, you know, the natural support. Like people are like, you got this, go do it. Like it's like, it's like hard love type of support. Yeah. And she's seen like so she seen me draw on the monitor one day and she's like she's like now nah, host can you stop drawing on my monitor you scratching my monitor up and she's like and then she's like plus if you want to be a real artist real artists don't copy and then after that i, I stopped i was like okay I, I, don't, I don't have to copy yeah and so i tried at, at first i really sucked it was a lot of <laughs> stick figures but then over time, it started becoming characters. Mm-hmm. And during that journey, it was like I was just taking stuff from anime mm-hmm. and then like putting it into my art. And that's like a real big influence over yeah. like my art. Um, but it started off from Dragon Ball Z. And my mom was really a, a big supporter of me. She yeah. is. She just, she just sometimes has a funny way of showing it. <laughs> um, but at my early stages, it wasn't really a lot of people who really did. Um, I had a few friends. We're not friends anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, nobody really supported me, and it was just something that I was really dedicated to. Yeah, it it made me feel like I had some sort of superpower, <laughs> <laughs> and it was really nice. It was yeah. like. You know, people came up and was like, oh, you're so talented. And I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Give me all the adoration. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when when you're doing something that may people may not get, people may not understand, um, but they want to support you, that's, that's enough right there. It's like, I don't get it, but I'm supporting that this is the thing that you're interested in. And I find that that's what, um, you know, when I was like drawing and stuff when I was younger or even as I got into doing doing podcasting or recording audio, I, I, you know, it was never a lot of questions about how are you doing with that stuff or what have you, where I think maybe if I was doing maybe another creative practice, they may have had more interest in it. But it was it was always support there. You know, it was always like, yeah, you got it. Or, you know, um, telling people about it, like they're, they're, they're proud of it, but they show it in their unique way, your parents at times. And um, yeah, and I, but I think once you start finding the people who get it, and sometimes you are going to feel like, yo, this is my superpower. This is the thing that makes me unique. And sometimes you're not going to have the same friends that you had, you know, when you started off that may have been supporting you in a certain way. Um but as you're progressing, it's like who you're trying to impress. You know, it's it should always probably be yourself, right? It was like at one point, it wasn't even about myself. Mm-hmm. And it's like I've I'm I'm healing from that. Yeah. But like at one point, I was I'm so so obsessed with like you know getting love from it that I I forgot my love for it at one point. It was like I was so crowded and like the people saying it's amazing. And so like one time I really got humbled. Mm-hmm. And I um it was my it was my friend Khalil. Uh I, I basically I basically one of his friends from his um like art school 
was like they wanted a piece for me because they liked my work. So I sent him a piece. It was on car. It was on the back of the. Um, it was on the back of my sketchbook that I used it because I ran out of paper and I just made a piece to make a piece. And literally, I sent it. And basically, I was like, I was, I was just happy. I was like, oh man, he's liking the work. And then, basically, like art colleges do, they have critique circles, and so they were they critiqued my art, and they literally was like harsh. (laughs) They said they were like. Ew, look at this. This isn't nice. What is he doing? The blending is off. They were just saying things that I wasn't even like thinking of because I had no like art background. Like I have art background, but I didn't have any school background. And so since I never went to an art college and I st- I'm only 22. I'm talking like <laughs> 30 or something. Yeah. But since I I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I need to fix. And so when they said it, it kind of put in my head and I mm-hmm. got, I changed. Yeah. And after I changed and I got a little bit better, I was happy with it. And I, I think like I, I had a experience earlier, which is kind of why I maybe shifted away from uh, drawing and, and things of that nature. You know, it was a similar kind of critique thing. And I think, while critique is important, but I think having context within it is also important of, you know, what do you think of this work or what have you giving genuine feedback, but let's not try to be mean about it. Let's not try to be jerks about it because there is a thing where if someone is self-taught, right, that is, you know, a bad word for, for, for in some circles, or if someone doesn't have an arts education from this place or that place, they are considered less valid than someone who does. And um, so I, I remember going to an art school here and, uh, you know, my thing was X-Men. I was drawn to X-Men, uh, mostly Wolverine back in the early 90s. And um, that was something I was interested in. And, you know, my parents would get me art books and, you know, it was just like every gift that I got, you know, up until like I was like 10, maybe 11 was art related, color pencils, markers, art books, uh, paper, the whole gamut. Um, And what I would try to do, what my test was to myself was, can I draw this cover from the old wizard magazines or things of that nature? And you know, I just remember getting into a spot where I'm trying to get into an art school and they're reviewing the work and all of that. And he would say, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of rudimentary. It feels childish. And it, it was just kind of like a very dismissive sort of thing. And it killed my confidence. So I definitely understand, you know, how that may have felt. Yeah, it really felt bad. And it still has a hold on me now. Not, not their words, but yeah. Um, I'm trying to get out of the state where, because like, I'm in a state right now where I'm highly critiquing my art, like too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really giving myself time to like grow from it. Where do you, where do you feel that is that has affected your work? Do you feel that you are doing more, more work, less work, or? I feel like I'm doing less work. So in 2021, I think I had two phases. Mm-hmm. 2021, the first phase I had was I was trying to get my followers up and like my algorithm to work for me. <laughs> so 
I just I had this method where I would just stay up like like I would finish a piece every like every night. And it was something simple. It wasn't that like it was hard, but it wasn't like to the point where I was stressing out. It was like a doodle and I would release it. It was it was a digital doodle. So I kept releasing it, kept pushing it, boom, boom, just pushing it out. I built that algorithm. Okay. So I'm like, all right, boom, it's working in my favor. So then I, I started to slow down because I started realizing that releasing all those work, I really wasn't getting any better. And it was just, I was just releasing stuff that I really didn't like at certain times and it was starting to look the same. Yeah. I didn't get my time processed to really like think of new ideas and I was just piggybacking off of old ideas. So then it switched to me like really getting very, a little critical, mm-hmm. but I was still releasing art. Yeah. And then it, when I moved into Baltimore, it's got to a point where it's like really critical. And sometimes it might take two or one month for me to really release art. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh, no, this is not it. Like, I have a bunch of sketches, but I'm just always like, nah, <laughs> nah. Yeah, yeah. That that happens where I think, you know, I, I look at like putting out podcasts. I put out a lot, as you've probably seen. It's, I think since you became probably aware of this content, you're like, this guy has put out like 40 episodes of what happened <laughs> or something crazy. And sometimes I, I go into it and I, I just look at it from the standpoint of am I creating? Am I putting out work? And am I proud of this work? And trying not to get hooked by think as you get more and more exposure to things, just like you said, you're, you're 22 or what have you. So, you know, there's so much room to get better and so much room to get better in your process and how you go about things and how you even take in criticism too. Cause you know, everyone's a critic, you know, regardless of what you do, you can have the greatest, most, you know, you can get all of the validation, right? There's always going to be haters. There's always going to be people who your work isn't for them. And, that's just a reality of it. You know, as they say, everyone's a critic. And um, I'm sure that there are a bunch of people who hate my podcast, who hate, you know, my questions or whatever, or who don't like me. But I, I think about it, you know, that's not, I, I realize at a point, cause you can get trapped. Even if you're like, I'm doing this for myself. I really enjoy it, blah, blah, blah. But sometimes when someone tells you something good, because we don't get feedback a lot of times, especially if you're putting work on social media, you're looking for those likes, you're looking for those shares, but if you're not getting them, you don't know if the, you don't feel sometimes, I guess you don't feel like the work is good or if it's up to par or what have you, you just got to keep doing it. You just got to, if that's the thing that you want to do, you just, you just do it. And, um, I think you, you, you treat it like I'm an illustrator. I'm just going to work. And you know, you, you, you're, you're the person that's the, um, that's just in charge of it. You know? Yeah. I've been feeling that. Um, I had a discussion with my girl about that. I've, when I release art, it takes me like she was like one time we had a discussion about it and she was like, I used to release art like boom, like every like every month it used to be a new piece. Mm-hmm. And like even if it was a month, it was just every month or like it wasn't just every month. It was like three pieces every month. Yeah. And it was give, it was basically like boosting it up even to the point where at one of my posts, one of my posts I made. like exclusively for Converse, hopefully that they would like pick me up like Joe Fresh or like Cause. 
<laughs> they just they 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 quoted it, and mm-hmm. then I tra- and then I was so happy, and I was like collab, and I was so <laughs> happy that day. I was like, oh, I was working at my produce job, yeah. and I was like, oh man, I'm going to make it. I'm going to leave this job. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> you see excited. this? <laughs> <laughs> no, but excited. but I think I think maybe. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know what other stuff you you consume as far as like content and things of that nature. But one thing that might be worthwhile is if it's not three. Right. You know, if you're mm-hmm. not putting out three, like maybe you put out one, but you put you put together content showing the process of that one. Because I think, you know, people want to see that. People are very interested in what one's process is. And I'm sure you, you've run into this, that people just think art happens. And they don't see the work that goes into it and kind of the things that may balance. So, you know, maybe you have to like re-engage on how you're operating within the algorithm if that's what you're choosing to do. I think at the end of the day, you just do your work, man. That's all you got to do. Just do your work. Um, so I, I want to ask you this. Um, tell me about, because I, I think in people's work, I think in their, their art and whatever they're doing, I think that there are feelings always involved. Um, so, you know, as you, you shared some of that experience earlier, tell me about some of the, the feelings that you're trying to express in your work overall. Is, is that a part of your work is like your feelings, your, your, um, things that, that come to your mind. Is that part of your work or is it like, I'm, I'm doing this and I kind of take feelings out of it. Tell me about that. I try not to put my feelings in it most of the time. Um, a lot of people around me tell me I should do it. I don't think a lot of people are really ready for it. Yeah. Um, I put surface level thoughts that I have or like feelings I have on on to paper. Sure. But like if I would put like like how I feel on paper, I feel like it would be I don't know. It's it would be an opposite turn from what my art is. Like my art is colorful. Yeah. And it's it's like a it's like a a feeling of like it's like otherworldly and I think with my art like I like that mm-hmm. yeah I do want to try putting like expressing my emotion I only have like two pieces one is blue boy and everybody loves that it's just it's just a whole bunch of blues and it's a shadow which was painted and basically it looked like a lot of people like it. They like the blue and they, you know, get their messages from it. But like when I made it, I was like really at the place, like I was really sad and yeah. I really like, it was a lot. Cause like, I was like, damn, putting that on paper is just like, I don't know. It's almost like, I'm glad you guys like this, but <laughs> <laughs> this is a lot for me. <laughs> And then I had another piece that I made that um, was from a bad stream trip. It wasn't, people say it wasn't bad. I consider it a bad stream trip. It was my first stream trip, mm-hmm. real stream trip. Um, the other ones was like two grams or three. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a lot. This is like my fifth, like five grams of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at that time I was, I was so scared that I didn't want to pick up a pencil again for a minute. 
um, I did strums and all I was seeing is like cartoons, like a whole bunch of cartoons. <laughs> and it was, it was out of this world. And I basically created it on paper. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh, I like this piece too. And then I was just like, <laughs> it's just like once again, like <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see this bass layer and you just see sad or you just see, you know, tripping, but you don't see like what's really into it. Right. And I feel like right now, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. I really wanted like I really wanna in my art, I really wanna do what anime does to certain people. Not like the, you know, not the basic, you know, anime that people just release the release. Like I'm talking about like the anime that sits there and people have to rewatch it to understand it. Um I just want it to have a story to it. I think that's what I really look like for. Yeah. That's why I look that's why I've been working on scenery and I've been trying to work on like how my characters look and I've been trying to work on a lot of stuff. And even like like more in my culture. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of artists out there, I forgot his name, but this is one artist and he just uses like charcoal, like a different black. Yeah. For like the people. And they're all, I mean, of course, African-American, but they're in, like, like places we've been to as kids, like barbershops and picnics and things like that. But it's just them just chilling. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, it's so beautiful. I, I it's totally like, get that. And it's like, I feel like that's what I'm trying to get to, mm-hmm. where I just, like, where somebody just looks at my art and just stares yeah like people can like i've been to like this i've been to six shows now Mm -hmm. and i haven't had a like people love it and they buy it and i appreciate everybody who supported me doing those shows because without their support like i don't know where i'll be and i'm thankful for everybody who supports me in my art yeah but when people i feel like when people look at it and what i've seen they like it and they picture it in their room and that's it. And that's cool. That's, that's nice. Because I like to see people have their art everywhere. I just feel like I want a person to just stop. And like, it's a whole event happening and they're just stuck. I feel like that's the goal I want in my art. I want everything to stop when you look at my art. I dig it. Uh, so let's see. I got one. I got one more real question for you, and then some rapid fire questions. I want to wrap up on. Uh, so, what are in going back to it? You touched on Dragon Ball Z, so that's that's one of those things I think that really captures. Uh, you know, some of your, your favorite art, your favorite types of like cartoons and what have you that that captures it. I want to talk about, um, in what ways has the community that you're in? So you came from PG, you're in Baltimore now. Um, how has that shift to Baltimore maybe influenced your style creatively, professionally, or personally? How has like maybe that shift from, you know, one community to another one changed how you view your work as an artist or how you uh, go about your work? Um, PG, I mean, where I lived, that was the suburbs. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, I still live in a county because I'm in Baltimore County. 
Boo. Um, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> um, but I think it's changed because, like, I don't even like saying this because I know if you PG go think of hating this. Yeah, when, hate I go down, when I go down to Baltimore and I see, like, graffiti, it's so amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, in D.C., they have that shit. Like, they have graffiti, but, like, you got to go to certain places to see it. It's all fucking corporate buildings and shit. Mm-hmm. When I go down to, like, like Baltimore downtown, like, I see graffiti everywhere, like, and it's so amazing and it's so inspiring. And I look at these artists and I'm like, damn, like, they're really the shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it just makes me want to just be like, damn, I really want to, like, get up to that level. Because, like, I just, I don't know where it's at. I think it's near, like, on the way to, like, going to um, East East mm-hmm. Baltimore. But yeah. it's like it's these blue people on the wall and it's just everything is blue and there's some color in it and it's just it's kids and it looks so vibrant or it's this one in downtown and it has it has this thing with like a like it's random but it's these words that say we all just want to go home at night and it's just like it's like damn <laughs> this is <laughs> beautiful like it has message to it yeah and like every time I look, like even when I'm in my car and I know I don't have enough time to like stare, yeah. I just stop and I'm just like, damn, this is really inspirational and this is nice. Yeah. So I feel like the move to Baltimore is very like, I don't know, like an eye opener. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it makes me realize that the community here is like really strong. Yeah. That's legit. That's legit. Uh, thank you for sharing that with us. Um, <laughs> So I want to hit you with um, a group of rapid fire questions real quick. You know, in the way that this works, you don't want to overthink it. You know, you just want to like throw out the answers, you know, like, you know, whatever pops in your head. So I'm going to throw up a softball for you for this first one, just so you, you know, get a, get a, get a, get dipped into how we go about this. What is your favorite dessert? <laughs> favorite dessert? Sheesh. Um, <laughs> I say ice cream pistachio ice cream mm, that's an interesting flavor choice uh, it's not it's not the 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 lightsaber green one it's like the, <laughs> the natural like dull green like the minty looking green one. i got you that that one is, oh man it should taste so good <laughs> <laughs> um next one uh if you would have a superpower would you rather fly or have superhuman strength i think fly okay um a topic, what's a topic that you know a lot about that has nothing to do with your work? A topic that I know a lot about that has nothing to do with my work. What is that? Um, I try to think. Because <laughs> most of the stuff I do, that's all I do with my work. That's fine. No, no, that's, that's cool. That's, that's cool. Though. I mean, um, music. I mean, I mean music. Uh <laughs> okay, I would I would say music, uh, the in, like the business and music. Like I know a lot about the business and music and like artists and labels and stuff like that. That's the one thing I can say. Okay, that's fair. Uh, two more. Um, what is something that you've always dreamed of doing but haven't done yet? Travel to different places. Okay, uh, that's like like two are hit in America, which is like New York and Cali. Coastal, okay. Only, only just to see what the hype's about. Cause I've never been there, and every artist 
or some artists. I'm not going to put that on every because not everybody's the same. Um, some artists have told me it's like the goal of mine for art, artists to go these places. I just need to go myself to realize that that's a lie or not. And I want to go to Japan, mm-hmm. even though like I'm kind of scared because I don't know Japan like Japanese. And yeah. I don't want to be like lost. It's like, but, I don't know where I'm going. Uh, <laughs> er, Arigato. It's like, that's not how you say that at all, actually. You said something about a cat. All right. <laughs> um, this is the last one I got for you. Are you a morning person or a night person? Like, early riser or you're a night owl? When I was 18 <laughs> to 17, uh-huh. I was a night person. <laughs> but now that I'm 22... <laughs> My body doesn't work the same. Oh no! <laughs> I am a morning person. <laughs> no, that's what, that's what happens. You just start, you know, living a life of coffee and traffic jams, and you just kind of hate everything. So that's pretty much it. I ha- what I have for the questions. So I want to um I want to leave the floor to you. I want to thank you for coming on to this podcast. I want to leave the floor up to you to tell the fine folks where they can find you at online. Okay, they can find me online on Twitter. It's Baby Boy Flu. And on Instagram, it's Niles underscore Tatum. Baby Boy Flu came from the movie, the movie Baby Boy. <laughs> That's great. That is a great <laughs> reference. So I want to, again, thank Niles Tatum for coming on to the podcast. Uh, check him out. Check out his work. Um, and uh, I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. Yeah.